everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, the second half of the show, we are going to have Dan McClellan on. Yes. Your uh, new podcast partner on your and, uh, Data and, and Dogma show. Data over Dogma. Data and over is, Dogma. Sorry. That's sorry, right. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. TikTok star Dan McClellan Ooh. is going to be joining us. So that'll be fun to talk to him. Indeed. All right. But first we have some news, Dan. Yes, indeed. Some, the some news of the happened. day. Some stuff happened this week. Oh my God, Dan. Um, <laughs> ooh, which one do I start with? Okay. Dan. Yes. Um, <laughs> what happens if you don't pay your power bill? What happens I mean, if you don't, right? I I never pay my power bill. I'm off grid entirely. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure no, you are. Not at all. Uh, I would imagine that my power would be turned off. Yeah, that's what I would that's guess. a normal thing. That's a typical expectation. That's what I would expect. <laughs> uh, well, not the good folks over at Friendship Baptist Church that has run up a thirty thousand dollar power bill. Um, that um, the Baltimore Gas and Electric Company has decided that they're taking action on and they've cut off the power to the church. Sure. And like, I mean, like I'm imagining it, that, you know, if I run up a couple hundred dollars worth, my power is going to get it shut off. So yeah, I would think at 30,000, 30,000, you might Damn. lose power. 30,000. Well, the good Reverend Alvin Gwynn Jr., of the Friendship Baptist Church right. has this to say, you're chopping God's worshiping services off. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You just turn the lights off in God's house. Imagine that. He yeah. says, um, in a written statement, uh, <laughs> uh, the power company says BGE works with all customers, including Friendship Baptist Church to help them access various payment options and energy assistance resources. I'm sure they did. I'm sure the last thing they wanted to do actually from a PR perspective, right? Right. If nothing else, just strictly PR, they didn't want to shut off power at a church, but there have to be consequences, right? Okay, you, sure. You, you don't pay your power bill, but nope, these freeloading churchy types, uh, they don't want to pay taxes and they don't. Uh, and this guy's <laughs> trying to get away with this. I just, um, you know, it's one of those things where like, if you think that we shouldn't shut off power to God's house, then tell God to pay his goddamn bills. Yeah, How no about kidding. that? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. He says that they've had troubles since COVID, you know, getting caught up and whatnot. Um, sure. I'm sure, sure they took full advantage of uh, BGE's uh, generosity during that period of time. Right. Uh, and now they just can't, they can't catch up. Um, and now that the power has been shut off, there's an added sort of insult to injury. It's going to cost them even more money because, well, again, we're going to go to the, the good reverend and a reconnection charge and a deposit because I'm a new customer <laughs> <laughs> after 34 years on oh. this corner and 80 years in Baltimore city working with BGE. All of a sudden I'm a new customer. Excuse me. <laughs> Man, they they are outraged. Oh, that golly. they have to pay their bills. 
just the worst. Can you imagine? You know, I what I can imagine is that a lot of churches sort of push it. You know what I mean? They oh, see yeah. what they can get away with. Totally. Oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that to us, would you? We're a church. <laughs> this is the Lord's house. You would you don't want us to pay for that, do you? Oh my god. No kidding. Oh man. That's what what an amazing yeah. The balls. The sheer <laughs> heavy hanging balls to think that you're not just a you know above paying taxes, but like above just paying bills. <laughs> No, they shouldn't have to, Dan. Dan, they shouldn't <laughs> it, have to. It is the Lord's house. <laughs> Should okay. just be free. Well, I, you know, I think I think we're gonna have a few uh, a few trigger warnings. Uh, oh on this, God! Okay. On this episode, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with the first one, which is uh, do you <laughs> trigger warning, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick? Uh, oh boy! Now we've talked about him before. He is uh, he he's now 92 years old, um, but he was the first Catholic cardinal to be defrocked uh, back in 2019 uh, for for sexual abuse. They really need to come up with a different like term for it, <laughs> especially when yeah, you're talking about true. sexual abuse, like sexual abusers. Yeah, we shouldn't be talking about taking em. off their clothes. Don't defrock them. Don't don't don't, don't just, do it. Just <laughs> Take away their title. Just fire them. They're fired. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Theodore McCarrick was fired uh, from being Fair a cardinal. Enough. Good. Yeah. So anyway, this was, you know, th- this was back in 2019 because, and I think the shocking thing about that moment was that the Catholic church did literally anything <laughs> about it. Right. Uh, you know, he's, a, he was the highest up uh, clergy person to, to be fired for this thing. Well, you said Cardinal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, impr- that's actually my, my miter is off to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, they actually did it. They yeah. actually did that. Uh-huh. Well, that, you know, there have been multiple uh, accusations. Many of them he didn't face any legal consequences for because mm-hmm. it, they happened so long ago. Right. The statute of limitations has, has come up. Well, right. Here's a new one. Oh. 92 year old dementia having Carl Cardinal McCarrick. He's being charged by Wisconsin's attorney general. Did they change uh, the statute of limitation? Yeah, they must have done. Okay. Uh and so so yeah, he's getting new Good. charges are being filed for a, a crime that was committed in 1977. Wow. Um, wow. Good. This Good guy for Wisconsin. this guy was the lord of the sex traffickers like no, he really. he would take he was famous for apparently taking young men on trips with him when he would go on trips of course he did and it was you know of course there are these unsuspecting families who just trust the shit out of you know he's he's at that point he's archbishop of so-and-so or whatever and he's going on a trip and he would take you know some 16 year old boy with him uh and it's this great honor for the family and then uh, grope them, and uh, and then <sighs> he would make them, you know, say three Our Fathers and a Hail Mary or something. Make them do penance for what he forced them oh, to do. Oh, that's sick. That's really so, sick. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's not great. Uh, and and now, yeah, new charges have come forward, and uh, you know, it, it's the man is, uh, you know, his lawyer claims that he does have Alzheimer's at this point, so he may not even be competent to stand trial. But man, was this guy just the the epitome of everything that's wrong with putting someone in uh in in that kind of a position mm -hmm. yeah. that, that sort of religious power position and just blindly the, the blind just, trust yeah. right that the, the, the community has and the fact that he kept moving up yeah yeah you know he he yeah, had that's, he, he that's had a whole racket odd. going yeah of uh of 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 trafficking these these boys hmm. uh and and yet that didn't stop his huge ascension to cardinal in, yeah. you know in the church so there you go <sighs> brutal all right well since you just i i'm, I'm just gonna power on into the so, um since i brought us down we might yeah, as well stay there might, let's stay there for a minute the rest hopefully will will be a little bit easier um but yeah trigger warning on this one um this one has to do with suicide so if that's a topic that you might be feeling sensitive to please advance five six minutes whatever it is yeah. but for uh the rest of us uh, we get to <laughs> hear about a really remarkable uh ritual suicide that took place in india so oh god you know it's gonna be good you know <laughs> like they, they pulled out all the stops, these two. Um, it was a husband-wife duo, 38-year-old and 35-year-old. Uh, they both died by decapitation. Whoa! After using a homemade bladed mechanism in a prayer hut that they had been praying in daily for a year or so. And uh, they had prepared a, a sort of a, a fire altar, so ritual fire Okay. Um, that the whole thing was designed so as after their heads were cut off, that they would then roll into the fire. <laughs> oh my god! To be burned because fire is considered sacred in Hinduism. Sure, uh, and it plays uh, an important role in in many different you know worship rituals, and uh, you know and ritual sacrifice is a thing. Wow. Right. Um, apparently there are more than 100 reported cases between 2014 and 2021 of human sacrifice. Um, and the article doesn't rule out there were other ritual suicides, sacrificial suicides. Well, listen, um, if, in that number. if you're going to have ritual sacrifice, human sacrifice, mm -hmm. you better be doing it to your fucking self. You know what? Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, I'm you know. way more okay with that than oh, totally than, than sacrificing somebody else. You don't you don't have the right to take anybody else's life. But I mean, yeah, like you, you kind of have the if, right to your own life. If we're gonna I create guess. some sort of hierarchy here of <laughs> of awful things, kill like setting up a guillotine to cut your head off and having your head roll into a fire, that's um, that's yeah. that's that's up to you, I guess. I, I'm trying to picture what this mechanism was because I am fascinated. Uh, let's see. This is um, the, the couple first prepared a fire altar, but before putting their heads under a guillotine like mechanism held oh, by a okay. rope. 
Um, This is the police sub-inspector who's been quoted by uh, Indian news outlets. As soon as they released the rope, an iron blade fell on them, severing their heads, which rolled into the fire. Wow. I'm telling you, though, if you're going to do it by fire, cut your head off first. (laughs) Sever your brain from your uh, spinal column. Then you don't then you can't perceive pain. Sure. No matter what happens. Sure. No matter how long, like you might have some awareness, right? They say. So uh, that's the way to go. I feel like they did it right. I feel like they nailed it. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, (laughs) if you or anyone, you know. Uh, might be in crisis. There is the if you're in the United States, there's the nine eight eight number. You can text yes, it or call that's it. That's true. And Don't do this to yourself. This is a tale of what not to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're damn. But I, but damn. Also, like I want to take it seriously, but it's also absolutely fucking <laughs> absurd, right? Yeah. Like 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 also like an important note here. The couple is survived by two children. They're in their oh my 30s. God. These are not most likely not adult children, right? Oh my God. Nearing adulthood, maybe, but not, not adult yeah. kids. Um, yeah. This is a real, this is sick. I don't know what these folks had gotten into, you know, yeah. as, uh, as far as like spiritual teachings and whatnot, but uh, really fucking sick. And I mean, I read it and you know, I have a sick sense of humor, right? <laughs> and so like, like personally to myself, and, and anybody out there who looks this up and feels the need, like there's something about the phrasing that is, that made me chuckle. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. but, it, but the reality of it is, and, and as soon as you focus on the reality of it, it's sick and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad. And no belief system should ever lead someone to no, that. No. If there's even the remotest danger that your what yeah. you're teaching in your belief system might lead two people to guillotine their heads into a fire, <laughs> you're probably there's probably a me, there's you, a glitch in the message somewhere. It, maybe you it's probably, just gone a step too far somewhere. <laughs> like like maybe let's just just pull it back. Yeah, just, just reel that that part in at least. Oh my god. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, you know what, though? We're not done with trigger warnings because this, oh, uh, uh, this is a. What the hell? I'm going to trigger warn in the description of the show. I yeah. Think. Okay. A weird, matter of fact, the title of the show is just going to be trigger warning. <laughs> That's the title of the of the episode. Uh, mm. I Here's the thing. We're going to go to Missouri where uh, state senator Mike Moon mm. uh, was recently being a. Uh, uh, chastised a little bit by someone who uh, was trying to point out the fact that, uh, you know, like many states in in our really fucked up country right now, uh, Missouri is considering some anti-trans bills, sure. some uh, some laws to to make life harder for trans people. Yeah. And uh, and it's usually and it's always you know they always say they're protecting the kids. It's all about the children. Yeah, it's all about protecting the kids. And this person was like, this person came in and was trying to talk about what about parents' rights to decide what's right for the kids, and pointed out that Senator Moon really didn't have a leg to stand on when it came to protecting children. Oh, when, and, and, you know, all of that sort of thing, because 
just a few years ago, Senator Moon literally voted against a bill that would raise the legal age that a person could get married <sighs> to, to 16. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, he cares about the children. Yeah, he cares a lot about the children. And he did not make his, uh, he did not make his case any better when he came back. So the person said, you, you know, so this, you know, this guy who is uh, state rep Peter Meredith, who mm. was challenging him, he said, quote, I've heard you talk about parents' rights to raise their kids how they want. In fact, I just double-checked. You voted no on making it illegal for kids to be married to adults at the age of 12. Oh. If their parents consented to it, you said, actually, the law should be because it's the parents' right and the kids' rights to, to, to decide what's best for them. Uh, to which Moon responded that he uh, actually knew some people who were married at 12 and they're still married. He literally defended it. <sighs> it uh, uh, it was a little astounding. Yeah. He talked about, he later uh, tried to make it better by clarifying that the 12 year old that he had no that, that he had known was impregnated by another minor. So actually not what the other guy was talking about. The other guy was saying, was pointing out that the law there allows a, a child to be married to an adult. Uh, but obviously no child should be married period right, ever. Right. And that's the end of the story. And if this Senator can't see that really, should that be the person making the uh, moral judgments about what is or isn't good uh, in terms of healthcare for a child uh, hmm. who might may, who is trans. Right. Just yikes. Good Lord. Just yeah. a lot of yikes out there. Uh, yeah. Sick. All right. Well, Dan. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to cheer anybody up. <laughs> um, Coming up, May 6th. Do you know what happen is happening on May 6th, Dan? 6 de Mayo? I think that's uh, Hangover Day, isn't it? Well, not so much in the United Kingdom, where King Charles is going to be uh, crowned oh. king king of the whole thing, right? That's when the, the coronation, the coronation is okay. going to be taking place, uh, which the coronation is a religious ceremony. And that's why I'm True. bringing it up yes. right? on, on, on our show. Otherwise, it might be like, well, come on, like... Yeah. Why, why are you talking about this on, on Thank God I'm Atheist? Because no, we're all obsessed with the royals. That's why. <laughs> Just can't get enough. <laughs> uh, no, it uh, takes place in Westminster Abbey, yeah. um, which is, you know, a cathedral, um, yes, I suppose. Um, and it's an abbey, Frank. It's, it's in an the abbey. Okay. Well, it's a big, giant fucking church. Is it, what is. it is. Um, it's like the most important, right? Yeah. Of all, of all the abbeys. For the, for the Church for of the England. For the Church of England. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so a poll has been conducted um, to, to sort of see how the, the British people are feeling about the coronation. Okay. Um, and for most everybody, it's just kind of a big meh. 
Yeah, whatever. Uh, nobody, no, people don't really care. Uh, in a survey of more than 3,000 adults, 35% said they don't care very much. Interesting. Uh, 29% said they do not care at all. Wow. <laughs> that, look, his, oh. this guy's mom was a hundred and a million years old. Most of these people have never lived through a coronation in their yeah. lifetimes. I know. Only 9% said they care a great deal that it's going to be oh. happening. However, uh, 46% said they're likely to watch the coronation or take part in some celebrations, yeah. right? Because why not? Uh, it's a Saturday. Um, so it should be, should be a big festive fun day. Um, great excuse to go to the pub. Totally. Right. Um, apparently with young people, 75% of people aged between 18 and 24 said they do not care very much or at all about the event. Wow. Um, even among the over 65s who are typically the most, um, pro Royal, demographic yeah. uh 53% said they did not care very much or at all huh. um so kind of interesting and if you think about and i don't know if there is any connection between um sort of the decline of faith right in the uk but this the institution itself of like it, it's interwoven into the religion right or the church yeah. of england right um, yeah, he's this, the defender of the faith. Yeah, he's there's the, this, he's the head of the Church of England. There's a spiritual component to it, obviously, right? Maybe yeah. I'm sure we'll have British listeners be like, hey, "You guys are kind of getting this a little wrong." Um, but as a from this side of the pond, um, <laughs> I, I'm I, the coronation just looks like a giant religious ceremony to me, which yeah. apparently it is, right? Yeah. Um, and who's so, conducting it? It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, the the Archbishop of of Canterbury, Canterbury, I believe. Yeah. I think it's going to be somebody I'm who's an sure. Archbishop. It's going to be somebody pretty hoity-toity and high. And up. He's going to be wearing something very silly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all going to be wearing things that are silly, Dan. Yeah, it's it's um, it. That's why you watch. Yeah, you want to see what goofball shit they're all wearing. Are you going to get up and watch it, Dan? Fuck no. <laughs> I'll, that's like me. I'll, I'll watch it the way I watch baseball. I'll take the highlight reels and no, that's it. Oh, no. I think we should have a party. I think if we get up at like <laughs> 3 a.m. or whatever it would have to be. Oh, goodness. Set, set the TV. Watch a little watch a little coronation. Like, honestly, oh. like your point that like it's it's nobody has seen one of these right in, in yeah. their lifetime. Like, yeah, what the queen was on the throne for like. 70 years or some nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. An absurd amount of time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to close this off in, uh, in Yuba city, California. Ooh, beautiful. Now, Yuba city. Oh, every, everyone. Sh- <laughs> look once in your lifetime, you got to make it to Yuba city. It's imp- uh, it's important. That's not true. It's, Don't it's worry a, about it. It's a pilgrimage of sorts. It's, it is. It is indeed. Yeah. Um, but also there is apparently a very high, uh, a, a very thriving Sikh population, uh, as in as in the the India-based religion, the Sikhs yeah. or Sikhs, yeah. uh, and they're so uh, they have a thriving community. Now, Frank, before I go on with this story, I would like you to give me 
just broad strokes your basic impression of the Sikh community as a whole? Um, I think um, generally what I've observed is it, it, they, they seem to sort of practice what they preach. Mm. Um, there's ten, there's a what? focus on generosity, mm. on community involvement, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Civic that, mindedness. Absolutely. They seem to be very civic minded as a, as a religious community. Mm-hmm. That's what I've observed. I actually hold a certain amount of respect for six. Like, yeah. Hang on. Hold that thought. Okay. Uh, because this story, uh, is about, Apparently, two rival crime syndicates uh, <gasps> in Yuba City. Crime Syndicate Six. <laughs> that's yeah. That's didn't, it. Didn't, didn't really work. Sorry. Everybody. No, no. <laughs> I, I was sitting there trying to go sick tickets. No, that's not uh. going to be it. Anyway, uh, yeah. Apparently, there like there was one big sick crime syndicate no. there in, in Yuba city and they split oh, and, no. and when the great schism of when the great crime schism happened, uh, all hell broke loose. So really everything started with a, uh, a sword attack at a parade. I, I was going to ask if they, if they pulled their little <laughs> knives out, but yeah, they okay. all have like little swords and things. So there was a sword attack now it has escalated well beyond that uh with over a dozen men have now been arrested and 11 people have been shot at things like oh yeah this there is outrageous. are multiple shootings all over the place uh including you know include part of this includes there was a, an attempted attack on another parade later that was that was thwarted by police Oh and yeah, just God. absolutely murderous, uh, sick gangland, uh, stuff. So I'm disappointed. There you go. You no, guys don't, I'm throwing my pen down. You can't have heroes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people are people, right? People? And I, I felt like maybe I was being set up a little bit. Of course but you I, were. I went there. I went yeah. there. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I'm I'm telling you, man. Uh, it's funny because every now and then someone will complain that we're we only we only go after the Christians, uh, and the Christians are the ones who deserve it most in our country because oh, yeah. they're the they're the ones doing the most awful shit. But you know what? Every now and then somebody else rears their head and just makes you go, "Oh, yeah. damn." Okay, well, I guess it's you guys this time. <sighs> bunch of little tiny sword fights down in Yuba city. <laughs> All right. So if you, if you do go visit Yuba city, as I, as I mentioned before, uh, and you hear clanging <laughs> from around the corner, run it's, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you would like to, to comment on this or any of our depressing stories from this week, please feel free to do so. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up.
Well, Frank, Dan, uh, one of the things that we haven't actually touched on yet on this on this show mm-hmm. is the whole kerfuffle with Bud Light <laughs> putting a trans woman, a delightful trans woman, on their cans. Right. Trans on cans, it's no good. Uh, the, everyone from, everyone's just having meltdowns about it. Uh, Kid Rock. Did you see the Kid Rock thing? No. He, he bought multiple cases. I love that people are buying the product to then like throw it away. It's amazing. But he bought multiple cases of Bud Light and then shot it with like automatic weaponry. What? All right, Kid Rock, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we, I, if I hadn't written off Kid Rock since the moment I heard of Kid Rock, I would, I would <laughs> he would be uh, written off at this point. And yeah, I've seen videos of like just unhinged people destroy. Like one guy I saw today, he he was just in the beer aisle of a grocery store, grabbing beer cans and throwing them angrily on the ground. Crash. Well, that's that's not nice. No, that's no. that's uh, that's unacceptable behavior in public. It, actually, I agree. I but agree. you're not allowed to do that. I hope there uh, are consequences. Yeah. So uh, I'm about to play some uh, some audio by a Christian hate preacher. It Ooh, does yeah. have some transphobia in it. Good lord, with the trigger uh, warnings. Yeah. Uh, it ends on an. I will say, uh, it ends on a note I was not expecting. It's 2023, and this stuff is everywhere, and it's absolutely revolting. And let me just say this to make me feel good. I've always hated the Bud Light company, but you know what? It's felt pretty good this, this week watching them lose billions of dollars. I hope they die financially. I do. I, man, I hope, I hope they do. I, hope, I, I can't imagine a straight man drinking Bud Light right now. I mean, you, you name, there's not a drink out there. You all know how much I like ghosts. They put a tranny on their can. I'll be cured. Done. I don't care. Dr. Pepper, you know, whatever. If Dr. Pepper turns out this whole time was a woman, I always thought it was a guy. I'll quit drinking it. All right. Just right, right there. So, um, yeah, fed up with all this nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous, but we must be godly. If we're going to be a good minister of Christ, Doctor Pepper, <sighs> Frank, Ke- what what yeah. gender is the good doctor? <laughs> Must be male. We gotta know. Must be male. <clears throat> well, no, he didn't. He assume. He's yeah. assumed. He, yeah, I, I, I. The astounding moment for me uh, in that is that you know, it's it's clear. One of the things that's become clear to me is that all of this transphobia, pretty much all homophobia, all rises out of misogyny. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that there's just a thing about like men not fulfilling the role that they think men are supposed to play. Mm. That, uh, that, like, I, because honestly, what the fuck does the gender of your soda have to do with trans people? Other than just you hate women. Right. Well, and clearly, you know, the doctor's not female. 
no, 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 no. Of course not. No female doctors. No, you got to think about when Dr. Pepper came about. Yeah. There were no women doctors. No, clearly Dr. Pepper's a man. We all know Dr. Pepper is a man. Come on, guys. Just, just, yeah, that is a special brand of absurd. Yeah. When you're like, I now I want them Oh, if Dr. Pepper started printing cans with just a female doctor on the front of the can, (laughs) not even a trans woman, just a woman. I, I want, I, you just want, want, now I want want all the brands to run social experiments. That's all I want. (laughs) You just want Dr. Pepper to come out and be like, no, 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 this Dr. Pepper, (laughs) Dr. Susan Pepper, everybody. That's who we're you honoring guys didn't with know that? our drink. Hello? She's not even a medical doctor. It's just a, a doctorate. It's a PhD. <laughs> of delicious, by the way. Of delicious. I have my PhD <laughs> in deliciousness. Yes, you know, indeed. They, they say that Mr. Pibb is the same as Dr. Pepper, but, uh, you know, I think that just dishonors Dr. Pepper's hard work at graduate school. <laughs> So I, I'm they should change it to it. like just like was it MX Pib, <laughs> right? Oh, Ms. Pib, Ms. Pib. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just okay. watch heads explode. Just, just watch, Whoa! yeah, yeah. Oh, I just yeah. If if a if a restaurant or a plate, you know, a place of business that sells sodas. Wasn't you know if they were well insured, it would be an interesting thing to just to replace the Mister Pib and the Doctor Pepper with like images of women or just see what happens. <laughs> All right, uh, we we have some people write into us, call into us. Um, you'll recall we were talking last week about the call to prayer and how it you know the Muslim call to prayer is often. A noisy affair at ungodly hours of the morning, <laughs> and that is unacceptable, and that maybe Muslims could have a personal uh, little helper mm-hmm. to help them remember to, to say their prayers. Absolutely. Uh, Stu wrote into us to say, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I went to Amazon.com and searched for call to prayer alarm clocks and found, and then uh, in- he included some pictures of oh, nice. m- multiple uh, nice. alarm clocks, including one that is shaped in that nice uh, Arabic sort of dome shape, which oh. I thought, which I appreciate. Cute. Yeah. No minarets, though. No, no minarets. That would that would be going a that would be going a two, step too far. Two on the nose, maybe <laughs> a little a little on the nose. Okay. It should just be a minaret, is yeah. what it should be. Yeah, a singing minaret. Yeah, because it's not singing. Whatever it is. You, maybe maybe there are Bluetooth minarets that you can get separately. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Stu goes on. I agree that alarm clocks could take care of the Muslim call to prayer in the 21st century USA. They use microphones and recordings, so why not? Oh, they they meaning the 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 mosques use yeah. microphones and recordings. So why not add another layer of technology and use modern timekeeping devices? As a matter of fact. Islam has a long history of clock use slash development. Uh, and, under the, and then he quotes from the Wikipedia article on clocks. Uh, Islamic civilization is credited with further advancing the accuracy of clocks while elaborate, uh, with elaborate engineering. In 797, or possibly 801, the 
Abbasid Caliph of Baghdad. The, the, but the calendars al- weren't so good, apparently. The clocks right, were great. No, no, no. They, the, they were working on clocks at the time, Frank. Clocks. <laughs> With, they, it's either this micro, year or not year, macro. And our journaling wasn't the, too hot either, <laughs> apparently. Anyway, the Caliph of Baghdad presented Charlemagne with an Asian elephant named Abdul Abbas together with with a, quote, particularly elaborate example of a water clock. Oh, wow. I love a good water clock. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Water clocks are charming. Charming <laughs> as fuck, let me tell you. But you got you to keep the glass clean. Got to keep the glass when clean. I, when I went and washed, looked at the water clock that you told me about in Rome... <laughs> It, the glass was dirty. It was hard to see what was going on inside. Why they just don't get like some reverse osmosis, something or other. <laughs> I, Filter the water. Come on. Yeah. Just some, uh, what is it? Distilled. Just use distilled water. Yeah. It'll be fine. It's that simple, you guys. Yeah. Good Come on. Lord. All right. Uh, we had a voicemail, did we not? We did. We do, Dan. Um, this is uh, from River. Uh, you know, uh, longtime listener. Yeah, sometimes caller um, who has something to say about school vouchers. So let's Uh let's take a listen. Okay. Hey guys, it's River in Texas. Uh, I'm just listening to y'all talk about the uh, the story about Maine with the religious schools, religious private schools, and school vouchers. You know, a, a a good solution to the issue of do I fund some private schools? but not religious private schools, and how do I do it legally? Like, I mean, the obvious answer, which is it should not be legal to fund private religious schools with public money. An actual solution to this problem would be to just end school voucher programs. Um, School voucher programs are nothing but a way to move public money into private hands. It's robbing our schools blind. Like that's that's the whole point of school voucher programs. Instead of moving money out of public schools because oh these schools are struggling, I want to put my kids somewhere better. Just put the money into that school and make that school better. Anyways, I'm an education professional in training, and this matters a lot to me. Anyways, have a good one. Thanks, River. Uh, I have uh, no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I think the but, voucher system, is, yeah, it is an obvious cash grab. Yeah. Uh, it Well, but it, also, like, sometimes, you know, like, sometimes the best way to solve these problems where of, like, fairness or whatnot, right? Well, the, the religious groups are like, well, but we should get the money, too. Just end the program. It's, it's an elegant solution. Yeah. Right. Like just stop yeah. doing it, period. Right. It's it was already a bad idea, right, to do vouchers in the first place. And then all right, cool. But but that's also the problem is that like there's big money bucking for vouchers. Oh like, Dan. The whole DeVos family is all about getting those getting that sweet, <laughs> sweet government I know. money. So I know. because uh, you know, uh private the private sector does everything better. Than, than the public sector. Right. Everything. <laughs> well, Frank, uh, listen, we we thrive on donation. That mm. is that is the only way that you and I make any money off of this thing that we that we that keeps it going. Uh, so I just want to throw a shout out to uh, anyone who might be uh, considering 
becoming a, a patron of the show, now's a great time to do it. And, uh, and Frank, tell them how they can do it. Just go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support tab. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple options there. There's Patreon over on the right, or there's a nice little form there where you can uh, help out uh, on PayPal. Yes, indeed. Um, and as always, Dan, we do have our top donors to thank. Our lords and saviors, Remlini. Remla-jem-jem-jem-jerlamy. <laughs> More show coming up. Hey, Dan. Yes? So, guess who we're <laughs> having on the show? I, I can't imagine. <laughs> you, Dan. <laughs> what? I'm I'm the special guest. You're well, our I don't th- special guest today. Well, Isn't that crazy? I brought, I brought a special guest <laughs> with me, uh, which is another Dan. It's we're, it's oh, double the Dan. Is, this is going to get confusing. I'm not going to. Double your pleasure and double your fun. Uh, <laughs> Dan McClellan, welcome to the show. I was told I would be the only Dan. Oh, oh no. Shit. Well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> If you didn't know that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Honestly, uh, if if that's important to you, you have made some very bad choices lately. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. <laughs> well, yeah, tell us either of the Dan's. Tell us what's what's going on with you guys. What's this new thing that's that's coming down the pike? Oh, it's the latest. It's the hippest thing. Uh, <laughs> Dan and I, brother McClellan here is a uh, a bona fide TikTok star. Uh, and I first became aware of him on TikTok. He was he was doing these uh, videos about the Bible, mm. and uh, I just became enamored with them because, unlike every other bit of media on the internet about the Bible, I couldn't tell what angle he was coming from. Oh yeah, interesting. Uh, I couldn't. You know, you you usually get the uh, you get the. The people on the one side that are trying to promote faith and trying to, you know, build people's belief mm. and uh, and the people on the other side, on our side, you know, who are trying to, like, knock it down and show how <laughs> how silly and stupid it all is. And talk about talking and, bears and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking donkeys, talking and, donkeys and yeah, bears coming out of they, the woods. That's what it is. Yeah. Talking bears are probably in there, too. Dan, you know, <laughs> are there talking bears? <laughs> There, uh, there are no talking bears. There are only a couple of bears, oh, no. but yeah, one of them is called upon to go uh, kill a bunch of youth. Yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. You know, I understand that one. That's one of the stories I, I, I kind of empathize with. Like, <laughs> just, like, just I, having I, bears I, kill the children. You know, we, yeah, we need that, the, that seems like a good idea. You need the gif of uh, of uh, Schmidt from New Girl going youths. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So anyway, uh, tell the people since since you're the the guest here mm-hmm. about uh, about like who you are and uh, and what it is that you and I are up to over on the Data Over Dogma podcast. 
So my name's Dan McClellan. I am uh, a biblical scholar. I got my PhD in theology and religion from the University of Exeter. And people think that makes me a theologian, but I have to explain that's just the name of the department that awarded the degree. So I wrote my <laughs> doctoral dissertation on uh, the cognitive science of religion and the conceptualization of deity and divine images in the Hebrew Bible. And it's since been released as an open access book called... Uh, Adonai's divine images, and uh, we've got we've got access to it on my link tree and all my social media sites. But a couple of years ago, I decided I was going to start uh, throwing my hat into the social media ring, specifically on TikTok, and uh, try to kind of present the data as objectively as I was able to, and and be a bit of a referee for a lot of the debates going on on social media regarding the Bible and religion, try to call balls and strikes and give people some resources to be able to navigate all the claims that are being made out there. And, uh, and yeah, I, one of the mottos that's kind of uh, developed organically was uh, the idea that I try to put data over dogma and allow the data to operate on their own terms rather than retreating to the battle lines of identity politics and things like that in engaging the claims that are being made. So I spend most of my time on social media responding to claims, trying to combat the spread of misinformation, and also trying to help people gain more access to the academic study of the Bible and religion so they can have a better idea of where those discussions are these days instead of having to rely on whatever happens to be freely available on the internet, which is usually just wildly outdated. Yeah. So wait, your claim is, mm. let me see if I get this right. There's misinformation about the Bible? <laughs> Not just misinformation, but also disinformation. Yeah. It comes in a couple of different flavors. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. A lot of folks, uh, the way they think about the Bible is is intended to make the Bible meaningful and useful for them. And because the Bible is a very, very ancient text that was originally written to be meaningful and useful for very different people living in very different times, the way we make it meaningful and useful to us today is, is frequently by distorting it, by um, mm. renegotiating uh, what it means. And often that is done in the interest of structuring power and values in the favor of of somebody's identity politics. And so I'm, uh, I uh, try to step in and uh, try to do what I can to uh, help mitigate the spread of that misinformation. And, you know, it's never going to be successful. There's a saying that the a lie can travel around the world before the truth gets its shoes on. Uh, and that's very true. And um, I've I've only become more convinced of that uh, <laughs> since getting on social media and seeing just how bananas some of uh, the claims out there are. Give us, give us a few of your favorites. What are a few of your like the wackiest things that you've had to encounter? <laughs> oh gosh, I think my favorite, which is just so bafflingly widespread is this idea that uh, these people called the, or not even people, that these aliens called the Anunnaki came to Earth and fiddled with our DNA to create the human race. Uh, and that uh, this is uh, hidden between the the verses of uh, Genesis and things like that. I think that's, oh, that's wow. that hmm. one's pretty bananas. The other one that the Nephilim are still around, that there are giants, that uh, the U.S. government ran 
ran into giants in Kandahar and, uh, you know, they've got, <laughs> oh my God. they've got the, the, uh, all of the data to prove this stashed away. Uh, somebody cited some kind of freedom of information act request for, <laughs> for any documents, <laughs> re, uh, related to the Nephilim from the department of defense. They were like, see, it proves it's there. I was like, no, it, because there was a, a request made. Yeah. It proves somebody sent an email saying, show me all the stuff you got on <laughs> Nephilim. And there was no response. Um, so I you, think that you want to know how I know that there are no Nephilim out there. There would have been an NBA recruiter that, that tracked some down and, and that, that brought them over <laughs> to play, to play <laughs> basketball. That would be a riot though. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It's cheating, but, uh, but good cheating, I think. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's going to drive the right wing uh, uh, even crazier. If they're not going to let uh, trans women play sports, uh, how are they going <laughs> to let Nephilim play sports? Um, Half angels or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're, are they going to uh, are they going to make them drop their drawers uh, on the court before they can play? <laughs> um, and and I think one that that comes up a lot these days is every new thing that happens, whether it's China, whether it's trains derailing. Uh, whether it's uh, the uh, Euphrates River drying up, everything is a fulfillment of something in the book of Revelation mm-hmm. and is a sign not only that the world's about to end, but also that you need to like, subscribe uh, for more. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, surprisingly widespread. Well, I, I subscribe uh, to anyone who will tell me that the world is ending. That's always, <laughs> that's always such an uplifting message that, yeah, that one yeah. wants to hear. And they always say it with a smile on their face. Like they're, I'm really <laughs> jazzed to see the rivers or the, the streets flow with blood. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's some exciting imagery in that book of revelation. I can tell you. It's yep. uh, re- really, really fun stuff. <laughs> so, so uh, what, what can folks expect to hear when they tune into the the new Data Over Dogma podcast, because here's the thing: our listeners, the people that are hearing this now, you have listeners. We, oh, okay. Ouch! <laughs> ouch! I'm uh, sorry. We don't. We don't yeah, really we, have we, listeners we, yet. Uh, yeah. We, have uh, we 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 yes, we have a few. Um, but <laughs> yeah, tell tell people uh, what they can expect to hear, and you know why they think why you think or we think you and I think that uh, atheists. Who, who no longer believe in the Bible might be interested in this. So our show is going to have a few different segments, but it's primarily going to be focused on interrogating the Bible, figuring out what it's really saying, why it's saying it, um, so that people can det- figure out for themselves how much it applies to the modern world, whether it applies at all. Uh, we're going to talk about things that are in the news uh, discoveries of artifacts, claims of discoveries of artifacts, uh, new scholarship that is published. It will feature interviews from uh, scholars. We uh, Our second episode that was just released this last Monday features an interview with my dissertation supervisor, Professor Francesca Stavrikopoulou, who has a wonderful new book out called God and Anatomy on, on God's Body. Uh, we also talked with Bart Ehrman uh, about the book of Revelation because he's got a new book out on that. Uh, we will talk about uh, aspects of the academic study of the Bible and religion that more people should know about. So uh, I do a segment called What's That Mean? I think that's what the segment's called, but uh, <laughs> where uh, I talk about terms and, and concepts from the academic study of the Bible and religion that the general public might not be aware of, but that uh, will help them to better digest and better understand 
uh, what's going on in the world of biblical scholarship. So uh, we're going to cover a, a handful of different things, but the primary idea is to equip listeners with the data that they need and with access to the resources that they need to be able to know where the scholars stand on uh, relevant issues related to the study of the Bible and religion. And uh, I think it will be helpful for people on all different sides of these issues, whether they're believers or non, uh, will help them better understand what's at stake, help them better understand the data and be able to engage in a more thoughtful and more informed and hopefully more productive way with people on their own side, people on other sides. So we can all hopefully uh, come together a little better, uh, get along a little better, and uh, progress a little bit uh, in this uh, thing called life. Damn, we're solving solving world problems here. <laughs> well, we got we to gotta find some way to sell the show. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Frank, you got anything uh, you want to come in on this with? Well, I mean... You kind of touched upon it, both both Dan's, both with your question and your answer. But just like it's it's the idea of like an atheist who's very, you know, and 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 our listeners are going to vary a lot, right? As far as like where they are in their atheist experience, I guess. Their journey, um, yeah. But like for somebody like myself who's like very far gone, right? Like, w- what do you have for like why why should I care? about uh, 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 somebody's holy book that, that really doesn't mean anything to me, right? Well, I, I don't think you necessarily have to care, but for folks who are going to be engaging with, with others in their life, whether friends, family, acquaintances, uh, acquaintances, acquaintances, yeah, coworkers, those. and others uh, who feel strongly about this, whether positively or negatively, I think it equips them to be able to uh, engage those discussions on uh, a more informed and, and productive level. And, uh, you know, the Bible is something that causes a lot of conflict today and causes, uh, you know, it can be a question of life or death for folks uh, around the world. And hopefully this uh, contributes in a positive way to helping us overcome a lot of the conflicts that arise more because of identity politics than because of any mm. actual uh, substantial issues going on between groups. So it's not going to be for everybody. We're not going to demand that people pay attention or enjoy it. And we're going to see, we're going to see to it that a lot of people don't enjoy it, but yeah, that's true. We, uh, oh wow. That's quite we, the, quite the goal going in. We're definitely out there poking a lot of bears. Uh, <laughs> there, there are going to be plenty of believers who are pissed off as hell about this and quite a few, uh, non-believers who, who might get irked, uh, from time to time too. Cause it's, uh, we're not pulling any punches here. We're right. it, it's it's legit. We we go for the jugular of the data. So yeah. uh, whatever whatever the scholarship shows to be probable or true or likely, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, and if that has implications for someone's faith or if that has implications for someone's you know beliefs or whatever, uh, those chips fall where they may. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people count on others being intimidated or being uh, scared to engage certain ideas. And um, I, I think that listeners will find out uh, soon enough that we are either confident enough or stupid enough not to care 
uh, what, um, <laughs> what other people have, have to say. Anybody familiar with my TikTok channel uh, probably knows that I am definitely one of those two things when it comes to any issue associated with the Bible, uh, with religion and how it's read or deployed or weaponized today. Hmm. And I definitely suggest people go and check out uh, your TikTok just because it's a lot of fun. Uh, you, uh, you, you like to dig in, you bring your receipts, you, you let people know, uh, why, you, you know, you'll take a, a video of, uh, someone claiming that, you know, the Euphrates river is drying up and, uh, and not only will you say, uh, no, this isn't what, uh, revelation was talking about, but also, the picture that you showed while you were saying it is not of the Euphrates. And also, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's, it's quite delightful. Your takedowns of these, uh, conspiracy theories and, uh, yeah. and Christian I think it, nut jobberies. Yeah. I think it's so funny that, that a lot of these folks have millions of followers across hmm. TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and, and, uh, think they're, they're influencers. <laughs> oh man. I, you know, mm, my, yeah. my goal is not to just dunk on people. That's not what I'm, that's not what I hope to do. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to um, correct misinformation and to help people understand. And, and every now and then there will be people who I will, um, you know, I'll correct something that they say and I can be curt. I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm mean. Uh, maybe one or two videos I, I was mean, but that was, that was a while ago. But uh, sometimes people will contact me and be like, you know, I appreciate you correcting me. I, I see I was wrong and they'll take down their video or they'll repost mine or whatever. And then every now and then hmm. some of those bigger accounts will just get so upset with me. <laughs> like, how, how dare you question me with all my followers? And it's like, but you're, you don't know what you're talking about and you're wrong. <laughs> but millions of followers means you're right. Doesn't <laughs> that's, it? That's, that's, uh, that's what a lot of people seem to think. Um, and so I, uh, I enjoy uh, seeing folks quietly delete their videos after I uh, come through and, uh, and comment. Uh, my, my, it, it developed really organically. When I started responding to people, a lot of people introduce their videos. They will have an introductory claim and then go on to elaborate. And I saw that as a wonderful opportunity to, to butt in and say, all right, let's see it. And, uh, <laughs> and after a few months, I started to see people saying that back to me. Uh, and, at, you know, if I had a video where I didn't say that, that would be like, where's the, all right, let's see it. So it became a bit of <laughs> yeah. a catchphrase, a bit of a tagline for me. So <laughs> that's, uh, it's, it's kind of fun, um, seeing that cause, uh, a lot, I, it's fun seeing people enjoy that tagline. There's a formula, they know what to expect. And, uh. You know, there's a lot of grabbing my popcorn comments um, every time people hear the the all right, let's see it. And so I I, uh, I started doing merch, and a lot of people were asking for all right, let's see it shirts. And I was like, well, okay, look, I did a couple with like a drawing of me on it, and the creep factor is just too much. So <laughs> it's like I don't know that I can put all right, let's see it on a t-shirt in a tactful way. Uh, but I, <laughs> so I ended up doing one that's just text. And then immediately below it, it says like hashtag data over dogma. And so I'm, I'm trying to contextualize it as, as much as I can to make it less creepy, but, um, still one that I don't advertise and I don't have my own. All right, let's see it merch in my home. So, <laughs> so, uh, all right. 
if people want to see it, uh, where where can they find you on the various social medias? So I go by uh, the username McClellan, which is a phonetic spelling of my last name. It's M-A-K-L-E-L-A-N. Uh, when I was living in South America, uh, a lot of folks couldn't pronounce uh, my last name because it began with four consonants in a row. So uh, rather than see them struggle with it, I would just give them this phonetic spelling and they would all nail it in one. So uh, McClellan... Dot org is my website where I do online classes. I've got one coming up May 11th on the Divine Council, which is going to be a lot of fun. This is a subject I I've, um, have studied quite a bit. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. And I am on YouTube uh, at McClellan across all of those platforms. And then our podcast is the Data Over Dogma podcast, which is also on YouTube uh, at youtube.com forward slash at Data Over Dogma, and uh, we're also on Facebook and on Twitter uh, as the Data Over, or actually I think it's just at Data Over Dogma on, on those. I'm, I'm sure you'll have links to this. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll find some links for you and stuff, but, but okay. you'll find us. Just yeah. uh, poke around a little bit. You'll find us. <laughs> we'll, we'll also be on all of the, uh, wherever you're getting this show, uh, we'll, we'll be there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. trying to think of the Three Amigos line. Wherever there is injustice, you will find us. <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> Wherever there is misinformation, we'll be there. That's yeah, right. find a bear right. and you'll find us on the other side poking at it. Awesome. <laughs> poking it to, to go eat children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Dan. And hey, Dan. thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I assume you were talking to me. Yes, he, <laughs> both he of never you, thanks both me for coming you. on the show. <laughs> Well, friends, if you have anything uh, you'd like to write into us, you can write into us, you can call into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or leave us a voicemail message at uh, 424-666-8442. We'd love to hear your voice. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so by going to thankgodimatheist.com slash members only yeah hey thanks so much to the red rock hot club for the use of their fine music and thanks to gordon johnston for the use of his music and thanks to all of y'all for tuning in we sure do appreciate you thanks so much bye-bye